Oh yeah, it's an above the break post draft reaction. And James, I gotta know, how does it feel to not be the laughing stock of the NBA anymore? <laughs> Feels good, man. Feels right. Feels like a place the Rockets are supposed to be and mostly have been for a long time. And I'm very excited. Okay. As I alluded to, the Rockets had a good draft. And it's amazing how one decent draft... Matter of fact, the Rockets have had like a few pretty good drafts. But yeah, it, it's so weird how... like every, I feel like the this offseason in particular, the vibes... Not even the vibes. I think the vibes are probably the exact same as they were before internally. But the way people perceive the Rockets' vibes has completely shifted. And then I think we just got to start out with this. The slide of the draft becomes the steal of the draft. Because Cam Whitmore, who I had in my meta big board as the sixth-ranked prospect being very close to Asar Thompson, you could say that they were basically you know tied for fifth or close to... They're the consensus you know, two guys that you would have in that fifth pick range slides all the way to 20 and the Rockets say, okay, cool. <laughs> well, it was, it was heavily being reported that the Rockets were entertaining Whitmore at four, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, if the draft had gone Wembenyama, Henderson, Amen Thompson, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that the Rockets wouldn't have just grabbed Cam Whitmore with the fourth overall pick, to be honest. Like just based on the intel that was coming out, maybe they would have went with Brandon Miller. I don't you know, and in, in fact they probably would have, but like like they were very seriously looking at Whitmore at four. So to get him at twenty is like pretty preposterous. Yeah, I don't I don't get it because so the medical stuff has been the thing people have brought up the most. I don't think the medical is what causes a guy who is kind of either mocked or in big boards that's this high to drop that far. It can't just be the medical because at a certain point, talent is talent and you are just drafting these guys for their rookie contract, right? Like, so if like his body falls apart, you wasted a pick, but you wasted the 14th pick on a guy who had tremendous upside, right? Like it's, it's it is what it is. So there must have been something else. I've heard that people said his workouts weren't great. They his interviews weren't great. I don't know. Like, well, I think it's I think it's just like a confluence of factors, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, I think it's like, well, if it was just his medical, we would take him. But it's the medical and the interviews and the workouts. And so, I mean, of course, to an extent, yeah, it's concerning that. His interviews were bad, his workouts were bad, and he has a medical history. You know, like, this is not like, like, the Rockets didn't get a can't-miss superstar at 20, because you can't get a can't-miss superstar at 20, right? They, they they get picked before 20. But, I mean, all things considered, as as we've both said to each other privately, like, like you can burn a 20th overall pick, and it's not, it doesn't, it's, hard, it's meaningless, basically. Like, you don't yeah. even expect, really, a rotation player at that spot, so... Yeah, it's why it's why like a team like the Heat, I didn't really like they could have picked him. They got the Spanish triple J, the triple Hay. Um <laughs> but like 
like that to me would have been a great pick for them because like they're presumably going to be pretty good for the next few seasons. They don't get many upside swings in the draft, and like every team could use another wing. And I don't know, like him learning in the Heat system with Jimmy Butler there. Like I thought that like they went for a clear like we want a guy that can help us win yesterday type of yeah. Play. Let me couple things on that. Couple things. First of all, I feel like the Heat really pride themselves in, in, in like unearthing these diamonds in the rough and like like we're the heat so we're just gonna take our guy and we don't care where he is on mocks and stuff and like that's served them well obviously they've been very successful i have a hunch that they got a little too cute last night to be honest like I, like I, I don't think that was a good pick i, I would have taken this. nick smith jr if not can way more i look man i ain't arguing with with that but what i'm saying is what i have heard is that triple hey um fucking killed it in workouts playing against other guys because they're you know they'll bring multiple prospects for workouts like just killed them and if you're the heat and you're like looking at this roster and you're going okay like we our window to contend is like the next few seasons we're gonna go try to trade for damian lillard right like does that make more sense as a player to have there who's going to be cheap, who we can fit around this like new restrictive salary cap. I'm like, I just, I get it yeah. from that standpoint. I just think at a certain point, like, you know, the Cam Whitmore of it all is like, this is really good value. Like, like, what are you doing? I mean, like, how should I describe it? Jet Howard to the magic. Yeah. I, like, like at 11, like Jet Howard can shoot. They need shooting, but like, you can go buy shooting like you can go buy your shooters once you have your stars like cam whitmore is just another bite at the apple um well let me let me say a couple things i mean just so many of these guys fuck like the lakers like why didn't the lakers Lakers would take them i i was actually convinced too and then golden state you know freaking taking you know uh podzemski yeah podzemski you know like the ginger d'angelo russell like like, I okay. don't know. I just, there were teams that I felt like should have taken a chance on his upside because even if he's not like the prototypical, he can help you right away. That athleticism translates. That athleticism plays in transition. That athleticism plays on cuts, you know, Matt, like from day one. Like, you don't think playing next to these great players where he has like no on ball responsibilities. Like those things won't play up. I I don't know. I just uh, maybe maybe there's something in his tape that like I never watched slash people missed. But like I just I just don't I don't think I ever remember a player in the NBA in particular being projected as a like lock top ten pick, possible top five pick, falling to twenty without like you know suffering a spinal cord injury. Yeah, I I have a few comments uh let me see let me hope i can get to them all first of all i think the warriors might have been learning from the kuminga experience to an extent i think they're going like if i'm now i'm thinking okay well if we intend on being in the title picture for the next few years we're not gonna find an opportunity for this kid in the rotation and he's just gonna get upset and request the trade anyway so i think the warriors can justify 
like drafting for fit and 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 win now contribution and stuff. And I really like Podzamski, man. I actually think he's a very underrated prospect. Yeah, no, I like him too. Yeah, he's really good. Like he 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 could actually be excellent. Like he's got a really sneaky vertical, man. Like he he actually has some kind of star qualities. He's big. He's left-handed. He can shoot yeah, it. He, he can, can shoot the lights make. out. He's like he's yeah. he's someone where like I agree with you. Like like five years from now, we could be like. The Warriors did it again. Yeah, I kind of think it's probably give pretty a, likely. Give them a top 10 pick and they'll whiff, but give them anything outside the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Like money. yeah. They're, they're too smart to draft in the top five. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, one thing I've seen a couple of people floating around that I think is possible, right, is that once Cam started slipping, now he's getting into a range of a bunch of teams that like haven't had him in the gym, haven't interviewed him, haven't even considered them and they're like well we kind of like the guy that we already put thought into like we've been considering between five different guys and we really landed on this one and we haven't even talked to this kid and we're kind of hearing negative things about him so we're just gonna go with the plan that we already had like but i mean you're right that this never happens like like to slip so far you, you can't believe nobody thought why don't we just take the guy that like was a top five pick up until like yesterday you know I, I I thought the Lakers were going to grab him for sure. Once he got past the Lakers, I had a good feeling. Yeah, look, man, like the Rockets should be ecstatic. Um, they might be had, I don't know if they had the best draft, but getting Cam Whitmore at 20 is definitely the best value of any pick. They and... had the best draft. Come on, no, nobody walked away with two top five players. Unless you count like the Spurs, because of course the Spurs had the best draft. You know, I, but... I also think, you know, the Trailblazers had a pretty good draft, right? They, they, like, they got Scoot Henderson at three, which you know, probably like technically is him falling where most people would have mocked it. Not maybe not mocked him, but where he was in most people's big boards. Yep. They got that. They got the other Murray. The yeah, Chris that was Murray. a solid pickup too. Um, yeah, no, they they, they they had a very good draft. Like you know, like there's guys. Um, like man, like we make fun of Dallas. I thought Dallas had a great draft. Dude, I want to talk two- about Dallas's draft. Okay, well let's talk about Dallas's draft. So Dallas made a trade, which at first I kind of mocked because. So they traded the tenth pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they attached Davis Bertans' contract to it, and then they got the twelfth pick from OKC. Kind of funny because it's like, oh, like the Mavericks were like, we got to tank at the end of the season to like give ourselves the best chance of keeping this pick, and then they get it and they use it just to dump a bad contract, which is just. Which is just all types of funny. And it's like the type of shit dysfunction. Like, this is like the Knicks of like seven years ago. Shit that yeah. they would do. Um, yeah. Chasing their tails. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Like, every decision you make is just making up for a bad decision. You a bad decision from before. Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought it was hilarious. But then they go get Derek Lively, the second, with, their, with the 12th pick. And then they swing a trade with, oh, with the Kings. With the Kings. Sorry. Uh, so I was trying a trade with the Kings to get Oliver. Was it Max? Not Maximum Prosper. Um, and he plays for Marquette. He's like a power forward, small forward, very good defensive player, and lively. Very, projects to be a good rim running center, good defensive center. You just they went out and they got the two guys you need to stack next to Luka Doncic and hopefully Kyrie Irving in their situation they got off Berton's contract to open up some more money like and they picked up Rashawn Holmes and they got yeah, and they got Rashawn Holmes like yeah Rashawn Holmes is a good player like obviously like, I know like 
Like you can't I think, play him in Sabonis, and like he's way—he's probably you're paying him too much to be their backup when you have that much money invested in Sabonis already. I mean, they—they they got three—they got three guys that helped them today, tomorrow, and yesterday win games. That's right, man. I—I I think so. A couple things. I, I think what happened with Holmes in Sacramento is partly what you're saying, but also. Alex Len started spacing the floor a little bit and was actually looking like a decent big. And, and I think they just felt like it's a little easier for us to stay like cohesive and run like a similar, similar sets that we run with the starters with, with Len as opposed to Sabonis. And so rather than Holmes, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. just to keep that coherence, they kind of like just bumped Len over Holmes in the rotation in a vacuum. I think Rashawn Holmes is a, a better player and, and, and I expect yeah. that he'll have a bounce back. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be really good in Dallas, just classic rim runner, you know, and nice value. Um, he's actually got a pretty good floater game too. He does. That's right. He's got the floater. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that <laughs> surprising floater. Yeah. But also, I'm a huge fan of Derek Lively personally. I I I think that people are overlooking him, and the reason for that is his offense is dog water. You know, like like un- undeniably, yeah, man. Cooper and I, Who Cooper and I got fuck? into the He's weeds. Seven two, and like as an eight foot wingspan. Who gives a fuck if that guy can't score because he's going to stop you from scoring? Shout out Cooper Klein. We all love him here on a good close friend of above the break. But he and I debated this uh, for about twenty minutes this morning while I was trying to work and. He, I, 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 he was like, he can't do anything besides dunk. I'm like, dude, he's playing with Luka Doncic. He doesn't need to do anything besides catch lobs and and throw them in the basket. And I, I think sometimes as draft evaluators, we have a tendency to get caught up in like a checklist of what guys can and can't do because we're evaluating them as as talents. But then like you have to transfer that perception of the player into their NBA situation. You know what I mean? And like. Like, he just happened to land with, like, probably the best pick-and-roll playmaker in the NBA. So, he realistically, most of his field goal attempts will probably be dunks, and that's perfect, right? And then on the defensive end, I think that Lively is going to be day one and above-average rim protector, and and I think solidly switchable. Like, he's not going to be able to keep up with, like, stars, but, like, if if, if he lands on Tobias Harris in a pinch, I don't think that's, like, a catastrophe for, for Dallas, you know? Uh, I, I think this is a guy that can... Be pretty good next year. So they 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 sorted out their center rotation and upgraded it, and they shaved a few million off the cap, uh, which hopefully they can use to bring in, I don't know, Joe Ingles or something. Yeah, I thought like, man, it's it's sad because I've been making fun of how dysfunctional and poorly run the Mavericks have been. Basically, ever since they got Luca, they've just been shooting themselves in the foot. Granted, that's kind of a little bit bullshit because like the Porzingis trade they got shit for, but the Porzingis trade was like. Like if you go back, like I've said this many times, you go back and you look at that trade. They basically, they gave up, they got the two best players in the trade, and the picks didn't end up being that valuable for the. Wait, who did they get? They got Tim Hardaway Jr. and got Kristaps Porzingis, two guys who've been starters. Oh, the trade to acquire Porzingis, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Now I think I think dumping him, like. I get it. It wasn't working. Porzingis has been much better for the Wizards. Hopefully, it'll be good for the Celtics. I mean, at least that's what Celtics fans are hoping. Um, but like you know, I like this was the best single day in the Mavericks front office since they drafted Luka Doncic, in my opinion. In terms of me just being like, they get it. They get the assignment. They're doing what they need to do. It feels like they're building with a plan, and like. 
Who knows? Yep. Like if Derek Lively, like, you know, people I, I'm dubious of his sh- three point shot ever being useful, but like, let's Same. say it becomes good enough, right? Like we're talking about like a 32% three point shooter on four attempts, right? That's good enough for a guy who's seven foot two. All right. Let's talk about not, the second overall pick, Brandon Miller being selected by the Charlotte Hornets. Allegedly, I, I didn't and I haven't seen the video, but this is what's been reported. The fans literally booed when they selected Brandon Miller. Um I know you're more of the mindset of draft. Like you think Miller is a better fit next to LaMelo than Scoot. I don't have that same opinion. I think they're both would be good fits just in different ways. But you also said that's all that fit only matters if the guys are very close. How close is Scoot Henderson to Brandon Miller in your opinion? Not very. Having thought about that some more, man, I think I think the Hornets were in a little bit of a tough spot. Uh, I think that they should have aggressively shopped the pick, but maybe they did. You know, I don't know, right? Like, if they could have brought Brandon Ingram in or something. I understand Scoot Henderson is a higher potential outcome than, than Ingram as well, right? And, like, I I don't I know it sounds crazy to a lot of people to pass on Scoot Henderson. I just think they've got a proven superstar caliber playmaker already in there. It's like all they've got, you know, and it it's like it's like all they've I mean, got. That is true. That is true. It is all that they have. It's like let's bring in another one, you know, like like I get it. Why they, not they... though? Why like that was my whole thing. It's like why not just bring in another one? It's like because as you said. That's all they've got. It's not like they're building something good. Like maybe both these guys work out. Maybe they don't, but they're both clearly talented. And then you trade one and you you get the guy that you need. Yeah, that makes sense in practice, but in theory rather. But in practice, that means like several more years of being trash potentially. Because like if, if you're waiting to see if one of these guys works out or not, that means that you're still waiting. So it's not working out yet. So you're bad, right? And And so that means... Like, you know, in three years, that means LaMelo is demanding a trade and that depresses his value. And, and meanwhile, Scoot Henderson is already on the verge of, like, being frustrated with the team being bad. Like, like, and I think especially with this new player empowerment movement and, and the quickness with which players request trades, there's some merit in getting good as quickly as you can. You know, it's, it's not not that that's the singular imperative. And because it, it, that frustrates me when Rockets fans especially are like, well, we need to go get like Fred Van Fleet and Brooke Lopez right now. And like, like suddenly make a playoff run, which we're not going to do anyway, but like, yeah, but <laughs> those guys aren't making you make a playoff run. No, but well, but no, I just find that like, there is a balance between those things and it, it's a difficult job to walk that balance, but that's what you had to do. But I think it's easy as fans for us to wave it off and say, well, just like give it a few years and see if Scoot and Lamella works in practice. It's like that could really set the organization back. You know, I'm going to say this. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I just don't think Brandon Miller is anywhere near as good a prospect as Scoot Henderson. And so at this point, it's like, like I know people, some people are like, Oh, like they're close. Look, man, all I know is this is that if you go look at Brandon Miller's like stats in college, they're not that good. Like I'm sorry, like he shot sub 50%. He's six foot nine. 
How are you shooting you know sub 50%? And he's like a good three-point shooter. But like, you shouldn't be shooting sub 50%. And then the age. Scoot is over a year younger than him. If Scoot was going to enter the NBA draft following the same age trajectory of Brandon Miller, he would be entering his freshman year of college and he would still end up entering the 2024 draft after playing in college after two years in the G League, right? Like, like what are we doing here? Like, like that's to me the main thing. It's like this dude literally is over a year younger and has already played two seasons of professional basketball and you guys are getting seduced by one 40-point game against buttfuck state. Like, come on. Like, here's here's what they should have done, man. They yeah. should have traded down and targeted Cam Whitmore. I, I'm so serious too. He he would have been such a he's a great fit with Lamelo. He's a, he's a lob threat. He's like a, a transition target. You know, he's he's the rim pressure that they're missing. Uh, and he's he you know he doesn't need the ball necessarily. He's not a primary playmaker. Would have been a beautiful fit, man. Unfortunately, it would have been Houston hilarious. Rocket. Because they would have just had to keep, they'd be like, shit, we can keep trading back. And they would have acquired like 14. <laughs> yeah, they could have been trading back all like, What just happened? Yeah. Like we just walked away with five future firsts in, in Cam Whitmore, you know? And yeah. That would have been hilarious. But look, I, I look, I just, I don't believe, like, I think there is a bias among NBA teams and people that do this shit towards favoring college, American college players. And I think it's fucking stupid. Because in every other sport, college isn't like, I guess the NFL is different, but like every other like major professional sport, like baseball, soccer, hockey, you know what the best players don't do? They don't fucking play in college. They play professionally as soon as they're out of high school, right? Like, I don't know what we're doing. Scoot fucking start playing yeah. professionally basically before he was out of high school. Like he was 17 when he starts doing this stuff. All these years. You know what, guys, Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I totally interrupted you, but th- th- that's where basketball is heading too. Like that's, it's, it's, and that's what yeah. you're saying. Basically, this is where basketball is heading. Like I, I suspect that the top American prospects moving forward will play for the G League Ignite and some of them in OTE. And if the Thompsons pan out, we'll start seeing more in OTE. I think they offer, I think OTE offers like a hybrid, like education professional program. Like they pay a little less than the G League, but you're still getting an education while you're there. I'm pretty sure. So it's kind of a middle ground. So that could be, it could be an interesting model moving forward. Right. But it, if the Thompson's bust, well, first of all, my life is ruined, but then also uh, it's, it, it's not going to look good for them. So that, there's a lot riding on that for, for the OTE, but yeah, more broadly. Yeah playing uh professional basketball before you play even more professional basketball is likely the way things are trending and i agree with you that that bias exists it's just it frustrates me a ton because i like i don't know i just it seems really fucking bullshit that people making the obvious right career decision for any other career is like holding it back it's like imagine if like you're an actor and they're like, hmm, you know, we want this guy fresh out of acting school, acting college, instead of this guy with 10 credits to his name already in a supporting role in like a major motion picture. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, like what? Like, what are yeah. you talking about? That's like, the other guys. The other guy's already done it. You know, he's, he's literally like he is doing this. He's ready to take yeah. the next step. This dude is just, you know, 
his his drama teacher wearing a beret is like mm, very <laughs> very emotional response there to the subject. <laughs> I mean, okay. Listen, let's, let's pick one more one more topic. You pick, just pick whatever you like, and then then I think we should wrap it up. Okay, let me see. Let me go take a look. Is there anything cool in the second round? I'm just like looking through these stupid fucking names. I like oh, some second round picks. You know. Okay, well let's let's talk some second round picks. My guy Leonard Miller. I was Leonard Miller's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Hey man, Minnesota Timberwolves picked up Leonard Miller, who I'm high on long term. I don't think he's going to be much of anything as a rookie, right? Like, kind of a late bloomer. Hit a big growth spurt. Hasn't played a ton of high level basketball. Has got some like really interesting traits. Obviously, the size. I think he's like six foot ten. Yeah, really handle the ball. He's got like a soft touch. Um, I I thought he was someone that I think he's someone that you know five years from now we could be like, oh shit, like Leonard Miller is like a borderline all star. How the fuck was he drafted thirty third overall? I think it's a really good pick for um the Timberwolves. I think long term he's someone that you know could play next as, as a power forward, could play next to a center and give you like super good elite twin towers rim protection without having to play carl anthony towns at power forward so um, we'll see no doubt man I, I i will say this i i do think that leonard miller has like significant bust potential honestly if, if, oh, if the shot if, right if the shot never comes around i'm not 100 percent sure he'll be like a like a rotation player in the nba but he he definitely has star upside, so you don't find that very often in the second round. There was one other second round pick that I think has some star upside, though. Who? Emoni the emoji Bates, man. I no wasn't this shut, sure what get are you? What are you fucking? I'm sorry, I gotta draw a line in the sand. You're literally saying Imani Bates has star potential. Where do you even go? I mean, like a snowball's chance in hell. He went to Cleveland. Oh, they did. What Don't get they... me wrong. I, I, it's it it's it's almost zero. But... Almost zero. You know who also has an almost zero chance of becoming a superstar? Me, because I guess like I could get. No, you have a zero percent chance of becoming an NBA. No, so, because there's the chance that a radioactive spider fucking bites me <laughs> and I get superpowers, right? Like that. Well, is it could happen to Moni Bates too, and he's I he's guess... already ahead of you. Okay, so he's like point zero zero zero. 20,001% chance ahead of me. Let me just say this. I don't think you find that level of natural shot-making ability in the second round very often. That's all I'm saying, you know? Like, I, I realize the kid has far more flaws than he does positives, and, and you know, it's probably more likely that he, he's not even an NBA player. Well, it's definitely more likely that he's not an NBA player than it is that he's a star NBA player, but I just think there's a lot of natural talent there for the second round. Uh, can I tell you my other favorite second round pick that's less controversial? Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Jordan Walsh for the Boston Celtics. Huge fan of Jordan Walsh, man. There was a lot of buzz around this kid as a potential first round pick. Uh, he slipped because I mean, like earlier in the draft cycle, because he doesn't have hair. <laughs> maybe, maybe that maybe it was the alopecia. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, it was the shot. Like he didn't shoot well at all in college, but. In my opinion, the kid is a DOG, man. He uh, he works really, really hard on the floor. Loose ball extraordinaire. Uh, seems really competitive, hard-nosed. I, I, I just really believe in him. I think he's got the athletic qualities of, like, a good wing in the NBA. As long as he can shoot, you know, 34%, he'll make an NBA rotation long-term. And uh, I, I think he's a good player. 
So are you saying that you think he's basically their Grant Williams replacement and they're just, they're content? I think he's more of a three. Well, I mean, Williams is like size-wise more of a three, but I guess like girth-wise he can also Girth-wise, exactly, yeah. But but there's 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 some level of replacement there though yeah like like there's definitely some crossover good defense, uh, well good defense that's really that's really about it but it's it's another six eight guy you know, yeah so you know my favorite quote from Jonathan Gavoni about Amani Bates is in his final blurb of this dude who there's literally blurbs of like going back to I think like twenty twenty eighteen right yeah like Bates is one of these dudes where like. He was like people were like he could be a number one overall pick. Yeah, cover slam magazine, man. Like yes, and what has happened since then? It's the Cam Reddish thing. I'm just like, dude, if a yeah. guy conti- is like just continuously keeps disappointing you, it's not because they're not in the right situation. It's because they're just not good. Like, great- well, it's not situation with Bates because he had the keys uh, in Michigan State, and then he transferred to what was supposed to be a more reputable program, and he still stunk. So, like, we've seen him in, you know. Like Penny Hardaway tried to make him a point guard, that didn't work. And then in his next school, he tried to play like a wing, that didn't work. It's it's not like Reddish where you can make excuses. There's really no like like he's just not played well so far. Okay, so this is this is the final sentence that Jonathan Gavoni and his like drafts stuff for ESPN wrote. Standing six foot nine and having just turned nineteen years old in late January, Bates' tough shot making prowess and overall scoring instincts hold some appeal. But he plays such a losing brand of basketball on both <laughs> ends rough. of the floor. That's right. Making him a relatively tough sell. Dude, I just love that. He's just like, he's like, this dude has he just he sounds like the classic guy that you just don't want on your team. Because yeah. he's good enough at the stuff where he thinks he deserves more. And because he thinks he deserves more, he thinks he doesn't have to do the little things. If Cleveland, with all the talent that they have, can get through to him, like you're not who you once were in terms of your reputation. If you want to do the fun stuff, you got to do the dirty stuff. I think you're right. It could end up being huge. And also for them, like they need a wing. Like Bates yeah. to become a superstar to be super valuable for him. If he becomes like slightly below league average, oh my God. I mean, fuck, if he can hit a three at 35%, if he can hit threes at 35 percent as a rookie he literally has a role on a team that like like i legitimately think will be in the the championship conversation next season like very much so um possible i i, I would say i lost my train of thought yeah no okay i i, I think there are three paths for for Imoni bates right uh nba star leading nba sixth man and not an nba player if I was to put them at like a, in a pie chart, I would say sixty percent not an NBA player, thirty five percent sixth man, five percent NBA star. That's like a five percent NBA star for the. Maybe it's like two percent NBA star. I mean, honestly, no. I mean, let's give him five percent, right? Like, like who cares, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we we still think we still think there's like a one in twenty chance that he could be something more than just basically basically a maddening player either a maddening player not because he's not in the league or a maddening player because you're like dude like the guy next to you is the starter you're getting the chance to play next to the starters because it's crunch time and they need your scoring but you're not here to be the scoring you're here to supplement the scoring you losing piece of shit 
Um, okay. Yeah, so, it could be frustrating. So the final thing I want to bring up is what's up with the Wizards, man? They love international players. They got this guy, Vukovic, who's from Serbia. They got um, Bailal Kulabale with the eighth pick. He's French. Um, they've gotten Denny. They've gotten Rui. They've like, like, to me, like, look, I love international players because I think they tend to get a little bit underscouted, a little bit overlooked. I like guys that come from professional programs, as I already made pretty clear. But, like, to me, it feels like the Wizards are like, it worked for the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even care to comment on that just because I, I don't know. It's funny, though. They do seem to love international uh, forwards, especially. But I will say this. I like Koulibaly for them. Uh, for the basically simple reason that I don't think he's going to be very good for a couple of years and the Wizards need to tank, you know? Like, like I liked Ant Black for them, and that's who I expected them to end up with. Well, Orlando yeah. kind, of, kind of reached for him. Uh, a little bit, a little bit, slight reach. Actually, but let's get off the Wizards, because fuck them, I'll talk about them no, but hold on, Let me, let me finish that thought, right though. Uh, it's funny, because I could justify Black with the opposite logic and say, like, well, that's just a really solid starting building block, a, a guy who... I think it's a pretty high floor prospect because even if Black doesn't end up being a star, he's got enough positive traits that he's going to be like a starting caliber NBA player, you know, or like a, a very valuable, like he's Kyle Anderson, I think at worst, you know? And so oh, he's, I he's, love Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson. Yeah. Who doesn't so love slow-mo, right? Slow-mo is so, so fucking good. Yeah. So, you know, I think Ant Black's got a good future in the league. Uh, cool. Bali's a much higher upside gamble. Definitely raw. But that's perfect for the Wizards right now because they need to be, you know, as I said to you many times privately, thinking about Cooper Flagg and Cameron Boozer. And maybe by the time those guys come into the league, Koulibaly's ready to be like that, like second or third star, you know? I don't hate it. So I think the final thing I want to talk about is because you brought up Anthony Black and the Orlando Magic, who are yeah. now in direct competition with the Houston Rockets for the best young core. The Detroit Pistons have fallen off the pace by just being bad. <laughs> being bad at building a team. I All this shit talk the Rockets have gotten, I've said, I'm like, why aren't people directing this towards the Pistons? Like, look, Cade could turn out to be good. Jay Nivey could turn out to be good. Like, they, they, like, all of their guys have just as many question marks as every other fucking young player because it's this. Like, we think they could be good, but they have literally never done shit in the NBA yet. Man, the, let me... I know yeah, you just wanted to bring out the magic, but yeah, let me let me get on the Pistons too. Uh, I did it. Took here's the, the thing: like, I, I I do not like where they're heading. To be honest, you, so you, you, right? You look at this group of dudes, and it's like, what is the question with all of them? Is like, will he ever be a plus NBA shooter? Like Cunningham, Ivy, Ozer, Durin. Uh, they got like pretty much one shooter on the whole entire roster, and he's like 33. Man, didn't they like, also? Like, but didn't they also draft a another center? I wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, they got James Wiseman and Duran. I just find there's so much overlap and like, like they I'm went out and sure got a got wing, another... but it's, it's 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 a wing that can't shoot. You know. Wait, let me go see. Let me see. Let me see. Do the Pistons. I thought they got a a center. But was I dreaming? Because that would have just been hilarious after trading. I mean, if it was, it was in the second round. Uh, I think it so was like second round. Okay, okay, maybe, maybe they didn't. Or maybe they, maybe they, 
you know, because the NBA do a better job about the the whole like when a trade happens, like the trade fucking happens. Stop doing the whole like we're gonna have to wait for the stuff to process. Like, look, like we don't live in that world. We know, like you don't, you like we don't stop making us wait. I do agree with you though. The Pistons, their rebuild, like it doesn't make any sense. Like it's just it's just it's bad. It just feels like they have like a collection of like power forwards, centers, and guards that can't shoot. And you're like, well, like they'll be fine, they'll figure it out. And then they got Asar who like they needed a wing that was a real wing. Asar is kind of like a wing that like is really more like a guard, maybe. A guard, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's weird. Yeah, I, I and I'm actually kind of not super high on him in general. I, I think he's probably going to be good, but I just think they got all these guys that need the ball that can't shoot, and it's going to look awkward and clunky for a while. And uh, we will see how it goes, man. But speaking of awkward and clunky, the Magic taking Anthony Black at six. It probably was one of those situations where like he was the best guy on the board at that moment. And I, I don't dislike the pick. They need more shooting. They went out and they with the 11th pick, they got Jet Howard. That's shooting, right? Like they obviously understand that. And I, I, I agree in principle, if you have the sixth pick and the 11th pick, prioritize shooting with the 11th pick instead of the sixth pick. Because usually that's not going to be the best available guy. But there are kind of hurtling towards a situation where they have too many guards. Yeah. And so they're widely expected handlers. to shop uh, Cole, Anthony, and Jalen Suggs this summer. I, I suspect that they'll just take the best offer they get between those two guys, which isn't going to be all that much necessarily. But Suggs? Look, man. He can get I something. fucking like Suggs. So, so do I. But the reality is that he's two years into his NBA career and he doesn't look like a positive offensive player yet. Like, like I I believe in him. I, I think he's got a lot of positive qualities. He's a really good playmaker with great floor vision, and he's a really good defender. Really but, good. Like, he he might be on an all-defense team next season. Yes, like, possible. Good. It is possible. Like, he, he's super, super good. Like, that to me is I'm not like, saying they won't get anything for him, but I'm saying, like, like a veteran and one unprotected first-round pick would be, like, a good return. Okay, so who should target? If, if Suggs is available and the cost is around what you're saying, which I think is like reasonable because like he's not making enough money that the veteran you're getting back is going to be much of anything. You're probably, if you're giving up a first round pick, it's going to be like so fucking protected that you might as well just like be like, here's a second round pick, you know? Cause like, that's what it's going to yeah. end up becoming. Who do you think should go after him? Because I actually think he would be perfect for the Rockets. Not anymore. I would, I, I liked him. I liked him for the Rockets, but I, I think, Amen Thompson is the the point guard of the future and the franchise player and the multiple time oh, MVP. Yeah. So I would yeah, go ahead. Know, he's 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 the Marcus Smart point guard. Where like, like you can dribble the ball up the court a few times a game, make a few passes, but you're out there to be the heart and soul of the team. You know, I feel all like all shit. I want now is shooting. You know, like like all I want the Rockets to get now is shooting. But it's what you're saying is not ridiculous. But I personally like Suggs for another rebuilding Texas team. This. Yeah. Spurs? Yeah, the Spurs, man. Why not? You know, add to the young core. Like they're okay. they, I, I I don't think the Spurs are generally expected 
to make a big win now push next year because I think they're expected to to manage Wembenyama's like minutes and games played and like yeah. So with that in mind, you know Suggs just feels like a Popovich guy. He's very smart player. You know he's a high high feel. Uh, he works hard. He, he's defensive. I, I think the fit is right there, man. And they got some extra Hawks picks that they might as well just like you know burn. Ooh, I I don't know if I would burn those Hawks picks, man. Like the- one pick. No, you you can't look. I'm just saying this. There is there is a real chance that shit goes wrong in Atlanta. That's true. That is true. Right? Like there is a is you hold on to picks based upon your level of confidence that shit will go wrong. It's like it's why in the 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 Celtics, Wizards, and Memphis trade where Memphis sent the Celtics to get Marcus Smart, a top four protected fit for the Golden State Warriors in 2024. I'm like, dude, like. Man, like there's a there's like a world where the the Warriors are not very good next season, right? Like, like yeah. I know I know people are gonna be like, oh, can they win the title? They got Chris Paul, but it's like they're they old. Have to do more than that, they're old, they're expensive, and they're injury prone, right? Like the they most, might lose Draymond, for and that they might lo- and that's the thing. Draymond's been their most durable player throughout this run, like. Yeah. <laughs> For the most let part. me ask you. Let me ask you a question, because uh, I stumped my editor with this question earlier, and I don't know the answer to it either. If you have another team's pick, right? Can you later trade that pick to a third team and add protections to it? So could the Spurs send them a lottery protected Hawks pick, even though they have an unprotected Hawks pick? I think the answer's got to be yes. I, I I can't think of what the rule against it is. You know what I mean? So. And, and and I I can't see why there'd be a rule against it, but I, I'm not 100 percent sure. That's a good question. I think I think the issue is not a matter of can you do it necessarily, but it's more a matter of would a team want that. So because like the re- the reason why most almost all t- picks that are protected right have rolling protections. So it's like, oh, that pick doesn't convey well because it, you know, is in the protections. We get a crack at it the next time, right? And so if you're trading another team's pick, even if it's unprotected, you actually you only have one crack at that pick, right? So I think that would probably be the issue where a team's like, oh, so like if this doesn't convey because of the protection, we don't get anything. And it's like, oh, so like, and so I think that is, I think actually that's the reason is that when you trade something, it's, you're probably not allowed to do it because when you trade something, you have to, it has to amount to like, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to amount to something, but like, it's very rare for teams to trade like all the way out to like 2030, which I think is like the latest you can trade out. Right. It's like, it is, yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, like I think it eventually, or Trades have to have things going both ways. And I don't think you can have a trade where something hypothetically doesn't happen and where you just got a player for nothing. So it would, it could but wouldn't, be then a, in that, but wouldn't that discredit the idea of any protections on picks? You know what I mean? Like, like that, ha- that can happen. But all, almost all of them like convey because like there'd be other things, right? Like it's like, I think you can maybe do that if you also send like something else, right? But um, in this situation, it would be like if all you're trading is that pick and then you're re-putting the protections on it, you can't roll that over to the next season because you don't have that team's pick. 
right? So you'd have to like say, well, it conveys into something else. I see. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just, I just don't think teams would want that because they're like, we'll give you this first round pick from Atlanta only if it sucks. And you're just like, oh well, yeah, it definitely depreciates the value of, of the of the asset, of course. But yeah, okay, fair enough. All right. I uh, actually let's, have let's, no let's, idea though on that let, rule. Let's, let's send it home, man. All right. This was above the breaks. 2023 uh, a 2023 NBA draft reaction pod slash video. I don't know if I'm which one I'll do. I'll, I'll pick. I'll pick. I'll, I'll do both. Maybe who cares? Who knows? Um, hope you found it is entertaining and enjoyable as I did. I know we didn't talk about every draft pick, but like, here's the problem. James and I aren't draft experts and there's 60 of these fucking picks. And yeah. like, do you really want me being like, well, I heard Taylor Hendricks really can play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's bad. Uh, anyway, so we'll be, I'll be recording a wizards only podcast sometime this weekend. James may or may not be on it, but I'm bringing on my, my friend from high school, Gardner Royce. We called him Gardy because I mean, just imagine calling. So, hey, there, Gardner, like this sounds like a very, <laughs> It's like you're, anyway. you, you, it feels like you're, it's their profession. And it's, I'm assuming yeah, it's not a gardener. Yeah. Actually, well, we, I met Gardner, and he didn't yeah. mention being a gardener. So, no, he's not a gardener. He, he, he knows, he is a gardener. He, he knows who. Um, yeah, he does. Yeah, he was great. He was a great guest. Um, anyways, so James, is there anything you want to talk about slash plug since, you know, this is trade season? You know, get those clicks up. Yeah, I'm busy writing my, my trades for NBAanalysis.net. Come check it out if you like fake trades. Try my best to keep them realistic. You know, it's... Uh, I like the quality. Sometimes, sometimes towards the best. end of a long day, towards the end of a long day, sometimes I start to just, uh, you know, protected first, two unprotected first. So I'm not quite sure. But but for the most part, I, I, I think I'm doing I'm doing my best over there. I love it. Uh, I got up a trade reaction to the 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 Wizards, Grizzlies, and Celtics, Kristaps Porzingis trade. I was, did not think it was very good for... The Grizzlies. I just like from a value standpoint, Tyus Jones and two first round picks. I feel like you can get more than just Marcus Smart. Um, I'm on the fence, but let's let's save it for probably the next episode. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that more depth. I I just I don't know. Like, or at least the Celtics did well. They got the most picks and the best player to. Oh trade. yeah, I the Celtics did well. I don't know how the fuck that happens. Um, but that's for another podcast. Uh, we'll be back in a day, two days, a week month year not a year don't worry Um, (laughs) that'd be pointless yeah uh but we'll be back soon and peace peace